Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see, perfectly harmless looking when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. This motel also has as an adjunct an old house which is if I may say so, a little more sinister looking, less innocent than the motel itself. And in this house, the most dire, horrible events took place. I think we can go inside because the place is up for sale, although I don't know who's going to buy it now. In that window on the second floor, the single one in front, that's where the woman was first seen. Let's go inside. You see, even in daylight, this place still looks a bit sinister. Now, it was at the top of these stairs that the second murder took place. She came out of the door there and met the victim at the top. Of course, in a flash, there was the knife, and in no time, the victim tumbled and fell with a horrible crash. I think the bat broke immediately and hit the floor. It was, it's difficult to describe the way that the, the, the twisting of the, of the, well, I, it's, uh, I won't dwell upon it. Let, let, come upstairs. Of course, the victim, or should I say victims, hadn't any conception as to the type of people they would be confronted with in this house, especially the woman. She was the weirdest and the most... Well, well let's go into her bedroom. Killers of the Flower Moon this weekend, I assume. Friday, yes. Yeah. You have to work, so hopefully I stay awake. Um, but uh, we will, we will see. We will see. I'll be I'm... honest. I think it's barbaric to have a movie that long in theaters without an intermission. <laughs> and this is a hill I am willing to die on. So I have, uh, I have a policy with movies of that length that is i will wait until the when to pee guides come out wow <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think um i definitely understand where you're coming from but i'm i'm still okay with the three-hour movies in theaters i can still huff it out first of all happy for you that's great but second of all like why would you I feel like it's the only time or day where I'm actually trying to maintain focus on one thing and not try to spread attention. So You know what was great in Italy, though? When I saw Black Panther, they cut off Martin Freeman in the middle of a sentence because it was exactly <laughs> halfway through the movie. And they Hilarious. cut the movie, 
and they started counting down for 15 minutes and everybody grabbed their cigarettes and ran to the door. <laughs> I'm pro intermission. If this comes up with an intermission, like very out of the, out of the blue, yeah. I'll be very happy about that. If it does, let me know. Cause I'll go on fucking Saturday <laughs> if it does. But like, I do want to see it in theaters, but I want to wait until that when to pee guide comes out so I can shimmy off and then shimmy back. Hilarious. I mean, so there, you there know, I don't, I don't mean to be a, a dick. I like following Martin Scorsese's daughter or yeah, daughter on, uh, on social media. He seems like a really nice man. He also seems like a man who wouldn't want me to get a UTI. I would hope not. I would hope not. <laughs> but no, Marty's movies are getting, they're getting too long. Um, yeah. I'm going to respect the man's wishes and not get a UTI. Irishman, they literally could have cut off the last half hour Irishman. You didn't need the last half hour Irishman, so I can fully admit that. Uh, but we'll see with this one. We'll definitely see with this one. So Barbie was two and a half hours, right? That's fine, but that's about it. For me, anything longer than 2.45. Honestly, if Barbie had had an intermission, I don't think I would have been mad. Yeah. Because here's, like, every movie, right? Like, how long was... Moon Age Daydream. It's 2.20. I had to run out in the middle of that movie to pee. I didn't want to because I was really enjoying it. If there was a convenient place where it stopped. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if they did a themed title card or whatever, you know, or maybe, maybe they don't do intermissions at every show. Maybe they have specific shows that are with intermission and some that are without. Mm. Because some people wouldn't like it and they'd complain and that's fine. But I'd pay, you know, an extra dollar to have a chance to pee and refill my popcorn. (laughs) Violent Night was another one where I had to, like, yeet my ass down the stairs to pee. Now, I have a question about this, and I'll be interested to hear what you think. If I'm paying $22 to see a movie in a premium format, like in IMAX, I'm losing money by peeing. (laughs) Yes. I had to do it with Talking Heads, too, and thank God I knew that. Uh, I saw Stop Making Sense in theaters. It was beautiful. Uh, I cried the whole time, and my other friend cried the whole time, and he doesn't even like Talking Heads that much. Did people dance in the aisles there? There was not a lot of dancing in the aisles, but uh, th- we saw a lot of shoulder movement uh, or, like, the little kicky feet. Yeah, should have been like the Swifties, just going we, nuts in the theater. There were a lot of people who were going nuts in theaters, just not our theater. And I was honestly kind of fine with that because our seats were not staggered enough that someone standing in front of me wouldn't have just ruined my viewing experience. Yeah, fair enough. But I knew that well enough to go, oh, okay, this this uh, like solo uh, is not my favorite and it's loud enough that I'll be able to hear it in the bathroom. <laughs> run, 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 pee, 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 come back. There's one piece in the middle that's actually my favorite piece in the movie, but... If I miss it, I'll be pissed. So, well, not literally, but uh, actually, maybe literally. If I, <laughs> but um, uh, I forget the piece though. But so I mean, this was really good. I should I should have saw it in the movie theaters. There, it's still showing at some of them. Uh, a lot of independents still have it. Please go support it if you can. My favorite thing that they they did in the remaster, which I think is really clever, is the audience sounds move in surround sound formats to wherever the camera is so it's correct based on wherever the camera is that's cool so if the camera is pointing you know kind of at them from the audience you can hear the audience noise behind you 
Okay. If they're going from the side, they would be going from wherever the audience is from that side. And I thought that was a really slick way to like, so even if you couldn't see, you know, let's say you were, you were sight impaired, you would have an understanding of the movement that was happening, which I think yeah. is really special. Yeah. Did you see it in IMAX or in regular theaters? I saw it in IMAX. I was pissed I couldn't see it in Dolby. Oh, okay. The fucking Nun 2 apparently was more important for Dolby than the concert movie. Hilarious. I mean, we, you know, we we trying to, you know, get get uh get people in the spooky season, you know? I guess. <laughs> what do you want to talk about first? You want to go chronological on these? Because I, I don't think there's one without the other. Oh, okay. So, Psycho first? Yes, I think so. Oh, all right. Psycho. Especially because I think you're going to hate my takes on The Exorcist. I saw your letterbox. <laughs> Actually, you know, the funny thing is, I was thinking about that, and I think I'm a little bit more malleable, uh, even though I rated it way higher than you did. But we can start with Psycho. Because it's a functionally perfect movie. <laughs> Is it now? Is it? I think it is. First of all, it's one of those movies, it's a little bit like Casablanca, where like you see the ripples of it everywhere else, but yeah. the original still really holds up. Yes. Which I think is great. To me, it is what I call like the lighted path mystery, where okay. imagine you're on like a path, right? And and the path lights up only about a foot or so ahead of where you're walking. So you don't necessarily know exactly where your next step is going to be. But it's a it's a tight, direct path that leads you there, even if you can't see the whole thing. Yeah. That's how I feel about this. Every light that lights up builds towards where we're trying to get. It is some just bang up performances. It is some of the Absolutely. coolest twist work. And it's also like really one of the first horror movies where the killer is a guy and he's not like possessed by the devil or anything he's just a guy <laughs> he's very much so yes and it's not like he's doing it because he's possessed or cursed or being haunted or whatever it's what he wants to do and he made up a justification for that very much so yes i did a little research about this historically and apparently killing i always want to call her vivian lay and that's not her name janet lee yes janet lee Vivian Vivian Lee is in Gone with the Wind, unrelated. <laughs> Very much unrelated. <laughs> was like a coup. The world kind of changed in that moment because you don't kill your protagonist halfway through your movie. That's not how movies work. Yeah. And I think that that is such a cool subversion. But it doesn't rest on those laurels at all. Yeah. Additionally, I just think the score is so good. I'm just watching the scene where she's driving in the rain right now. Mm. Her car is getting pummeled by that rain. <laughs> and yes. every time she starts to get more upset, it gets worse. Yeah. It's just so smart. Everything it's doing, it knows why it's doing it. I get the 4K of Psycho and of Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And Psycho, the actual particular scene you're talking about, it looks so crisp. It looks so, yeah. so fucking good. And just and because of the theme of the, the season, 
Janet Lee was nominated for Best Supporting Actress as Marion Crane, which we fully support on this end. I, I mm-hmm. feel comfortable speaking for you on that. Also, while Hitchcock was nominated for Best Director, this was not nominated for Best Picture, which that's kind of tough. Even for back then, like, you got to get it in there somewhere, man. Yeah, you would hope that you would. But I also, I know better than to trust the past. (laughs) Yes, very much, yes. You know, it's the past. (laughs) Yes. And speaking of Janet Lee, the narrative pivot is really good. It's a really good choice. And I know you kind of talked about the idea that we're, we're with her for all this time, you know, we're on her journey. And then immediately we're like violently taken off that journey. And then we shift to the villain's perspective. And I think you're right. I think that still holds up all these years later. And it's a really interesting choice to do, especially for this type of movie from this director. And, and everyone pulls it off. Yeah, I'm just she's she's being checked in right now. And I see that Norman has put live flowers on top of the dead flowers in the planter. He never cleaned (laughs) out the planter. He's just put more plants over it, Mm. which is like such a weird detail to keep in, but also like. You know, oh, the mom can't leave the house, so he's kind of half-assing the plants. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if this movie becomes what it becomes without Perkins' performance. You understand? I don't hate her. I hate what she's become. I hate the illness. Wouldn't it be better if you put her someplace... You mean an institution? A madhouse? People always call a madhouse someplace, don't they? Put her in someplace. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to sound uncaring. What do you know about caring? Have you ever seen the inside of one of those places? The laughing and the tears. And the cruel eyes studying you. My mother there. But she's harmless. She's as harmless as one of those stuffed birds. I am sorry. I I only felt... It seems she's hurting you. I meant well. People always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest oh so very delicately. I've suggested it myself but I hate to even think about it she needs me it's not as if she were a a maniac a raving thing she just goes a little mad sometimes we all go a little mad sometimes Haven't you? There's no way. There's no fucking way. 
It's really interesting if you've read anything about his like life. I believe that he identified as gay, but was deeply, deeply closeted. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was gay or just kind of generally queer. I don't know if he, you know, was bi or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I just work here. But (laughs) he became known as, like, the predatory guy in women's clothing. Mm. Which is, like, I have to imagine it. A queer man in the 60s and 70s worst nightmare. Yeah. Like, how do you come back from that? Uh. And by all and by all accounts, he kind of didn't. But I think that that makes the performance so much more remarkable. Yeah. Because I don't know how you aren't conscious of that while making this. But he still chooses to commit 150 percent. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And and when you talked about also like how this movie still has its tentacles on what horror films are today, like I kept thinking about Scream, the first Scream, mm-hmm. and how they recalled this. And if you think about like even like Joaquin and Joker, which we shouldn't think about a lot, but like that, like we can touch on it quickly as we move on. <laughs> exactly, like he's trying to recall Anthony Perkins in some way in that performance too. Shit is legendary. It's like there's no way around it. Is. It is. And, you know, we can also think about any time they've tried to do this movie again, where do you go from there? How yeah. do you in Psycho 4 do what Psycho <laughs> is without doing an impression of Anthony Perkins? How do you, Vince Vaughn, not just do an impression, <laughs> you know? The one thing that I think about this fairly often, though, is I think that this would actually be an excellent play. Oh, yeah, totally. I feel like especially if if it was written in such a way that the actor could bring its own flavor. I think this could be truly dynamite. What scene are you on now? Cheap erotic fashion with cheap erotic minds. No, I tell you, no. Bringing strange young girls in for supper by candlelight, I suppose, in the cheap erotic fashion of young men with cheap erotic minds. Mother, please. And then what? After supper, music? Whispers? Mother, she's just a stranger. She's hungry and it's raining out. Mother, she's just a stranger. As if men don't desire strangers. As if... Oh, I refuse to speak of disgusting things because they disgust me. You understand, boy? Go on, go tell us you'll not be appeasing her ugly appetite with my food or my son. Or do I have to tell her because you don't have the guts? Huh, boy? You have the guts, boy? Shut up! Shut up! How loud are they yelling that she can hear them all the way down the hill in the rain? <laughs> and it's extra funny because it's just him yelling at himself. I know. What a twist. I, that, that had to have melted your mind in 1960. Oh, man. So when I 16. went, I went to see this movie for the first time. It was my first ever date. Mm-hmm. I was dating a boy who had never taken the subway before. <laughs> what a caveat. But that's just kind of the degree of sheltered that we're dealing with. Yes. Yep. I won't say anything negative about him or his name publicly, but ooh, that is going to be a <laughs> spicy chapter of the memoir someday. There it is. 
But I was like, oh, like we went and got hot chocolate and we were like having a nice little, I was like 16. I was a little late. I never thought I was going to be attractive. So I developed a personality and then I like became attractive and had a personality and was like 16 and knew who I was. And all the other teenagers were like, what the fuck is that thing? Uh, (laughs) But whatever. And I was like, oh, they're showing Psycho at the Somerville Theater, which is actually where we saw Asteroid City. And they were showing it on 35 millimeter. And Mm. I was like, we should go. And he was like, I've never seen it. I don't really like scary movies. I was like, (laughs) well, it's it's got some scary moments, but it's mostly a mystery. Yeah. And I totally played it off like I was super cool and cosmopolitan. I also had not seen this movie, but I had seen a behind the scenes special about it that was on like VH1 Classic on a flight or something. Hilarious. Um, so I was like, we should go. It'll be fine. When the skeleton in the chair is revealed, he jumped like a foot in the air. <laughs> he, he yelped so loud that my head on his shoulder started ringing. Oh, um, my God. Jeez. I truly don't know how to describe what he was going through, but he, he was in fact going through it. (laughs) I mean, you you know what? I get it. And for these type of movies back then, that had to have been like the cream of the crop for like actual, like makeup for like dummies. Right. If you think about it, it is a pretty scary fucking thing that you see on screen and then it's not like you're across the room from like it's pretty close up so yeah <laughs> so, but that's the power of movies man shout, shout out to movies <laughs> his like weird taxidermy thing i also like uh uh it's so good bitch i'm telling you the truth <laughs> oh man it's also so funny that he's so into taxidermy, but his mom is just a fucking skeleton. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't stuff your mom, but that's a wild ass sentence. <laughs> it's been his hobby since they took the highway away, and he's like, it's like a metaphor for the dying business as well. Like, ah! Is this a, a top just overall movie for you? Like, regardless of horror or not? Yeah, I think so. I think that Rear Window might be my favorite. No. Is it? Maybe. I don't know. It's hard. This is going to sound nuts. I think Rear Window might be my favorite Hitchcock. Mm. I also think that Psycho might be my favorite, like, in my favorite movies. Okay. In, like, a different way. Extrapolate that, that out a bit. Yeah, so I think, to me, I really loved Rear Window. It was a total treat. I also haven't revisited it nearly as many times, because I didn't know it existed until, you know... Well, I knew it existed, but I hadn't seen it until, like, six months ago. Uh, or whenever we did that episode. Yeah. But for me, like, Psycho is an all-timer in a way that, like, when I watch... Like, I watch horror movies and suspense movies and thrillers. Like I can never go back to the way that I was before I saw psycho. Mm. And, and I think the fact that I can never go back to the way that I felt before I saw it makes it an all timer for me in the way that like Casablanca. I know I keep using that example, but it's really one of the only other ones (laughs) I can think of that like lands, you know? Yeah. 
where it's like, oh, okay, I've seen the thing that defined the genre at the time, and it still holds up beautifully on its own. And that, to me, is, like, a very different level of admiration. Yeah. Than, like, I really liked Rear Window, and I think it was very good. And I liked all the outfits that Grace Kelly wore. And I liked that, like, (laughs) I liked that she was ready to literally murder this man at multiple times because he kept trying to tell her who she was. And, like, that story to me is probably more interesting as an adult. But for me, Psycho is, like, I can't go back to the person I was before I saw it. Yeah. Did I tell you I saw a rope? No. What did you think? Did you love it? <laughs> I love it. It's uh, Except they're drinking champagne out of martini glasses, and that makes me so angry. I Fucking think, gay men should know better. But didn't they do that just to symbolize that they're queer? That's what I took it, it as. I don't care, but your champagne is going flat, asshole. <laughs> I I think that was a purposeful choice, but yeah, I get you. I get you. I totally get you, Cat. I like Roped a lot. I I thought Rope was really really well done. <sighs> Rope was really really good. I really fuck with Rope heavy. I think Vertigo is still my favorite Hitchcock, and I have that on 4K also, and I need to see that on 4K. I really liked Vertigo. I just like. It's hard picking your favorites, especially. It is, it is, but also both Rear Window, well, Rear Window especially, he does have to kind of apologize to his girlfriend for underestimating her. Like, he doesn't really say, I'm sorry, but, like, he is forced to reckon with that. Yeah. In Psycho, they are forced to acknowledge that they kind of needed the woman's help to figure it out, right? Like, she is an active factor in the investigation. And in Vertigo, it's just so much about James Stewart. Like, I get that the woman is is in it, but... It's about him, yeah. It's it's about him. And even the parts that are about her are about him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do think that that is a really... Like, it's a really special movie in that way. But I might also just be really tired about man movies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I want to I want to pocket that for a bit because we are going to talk about the Exorcist in a second. <laughs> but I will say I totally understand that. I totally I totally get where you're coming from from that. I just I love the absolute flex that Hitchcock is doing for that first hour of the movie. Like just the just the craftsmanship of what that movie is like. It's so next level. It's so it's so entertaining. But Psycho, I think Psycho is, is my number two Hitchcock. Psycho is just Psycho again. It is it's the same shit where it's like no other directive can really switch narrative viewpoints basically like three different times throughout one movie and then it all still lands in every single act of the film. And yeah. The incredible twist at the end. Where even if you know you 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 know like he's the murderer, you don't think he's gonna pop up in his like mom's wig or whatever. Like, like it's, it's just they yeah. just a lot in a good way. I I also just think the way that he like there's so many little like bits, right? Where like if you really look at Anthony Perkins, you see that his ears move when he's smiling to be nice, but not when he's smiling because he's actually happy. 
Okay. And it's like, what? <laughs> and like Hitchcock, famously not a real easy guy to work with, I would say. Was he an asshole? Was he just like just too technical? Because I don't I don't know if I he mean, was an asshole asshole, but maybe he I he was two women. Oh well, touche. You should uh, read about the like the set of the birds at some point. Jesus oh Christ. no, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I run it back. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very impressive to me the wide variety of performances he's able to pull from different people. Yeah. I'm sure he was probably technically exacting and also an asshole in a lot of other ways, but like, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, you hear a lot of horror stories about directors and every once in a while I'm like all this shit and you couldn't even make a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so funny also because by the time Steven Spielberg rolls around and Jaws is happening, you know, Spielberg's in the pocket over at Universal and he says, all I want, all I want is to meet Alfred Hitchcock. He's made all of the art that I love. And like, he is a huge part of the reason that you you guys got Jaws. Can you please arrange a meeting? And at this point, Alfred Hitchcock is old and isn't really making movies anymore. They're not bangers. Yeah. They're like family plot, which I don't believe is very well loved. And he also makes the Universal commercials where he talks about the $6 million man, which please, please drop a sound bite in there. It's so good. I'll send it to you. Uh, (laughs) The $6 million man and the bionic woman. So, it's so good. Good evening. Welcome to Universal Studios, where you learn Hollywood secrets. And now you'll learn the secrets of the six million dollar man and the bionic woman on the Universal Studios tour. But he says, I cannot meet the boy who made the fish movie. I cannot meet the fish boy. I cannot let him see that I have become a whore. Oh, shit. And so, like, he doesn't think that his movies have any legacy Mm. in the way that they do. And I just think that's so interesting because, you know, honestly, I think the 2023 problem is everybody just gets too high on their own supply. It's oh. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. So, man, don't meet the fish boy. Steven Spielberg just being the fish boy. Uh, so good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know that's yeah, all he was yeah, at the time. At that point, yeah. Um, I mean, now he's kind of the Peter Pan boy, but. That may be another conversation for another day. He'll always be the fish boy in my heart. What up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Orokosaki, aka The Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead podcast, starring me, The Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but we're primarily talking about hoops. Yes, the national, the national BA, the W national BA. Um, the, uh, oh damn it! I've run into the lyrics. I'm sorry, but just check out the Shredhead podcast. It's me. It's Krang. It's crazy. 
Hello, Reagan. I'm a friend of your mother's. I'd like to help you. You want to loosen the straps, huh? I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Reagan. I'm not Reagan. I see. Well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karras. Where's Reagan? In here, with us. Show me Reagan and I'll loosen one of the straps. And you're helping all the boy, father. Your mother's in here with us, Karras. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. But speaking of things that you may not be pro, or maybe, maybe not, who knows? The Exorcist. <laughs> now, Cal, we talked a little bit about man movies. <laughs> Does The Exorcist qualify as Why a man are movie? <laughs> all of the women in this movie fucking accessories? <laughs> that mom might as well be a lamp. Oh, shit. Reagan might as well be a leaky pipe. They just can't find the right wrench until they do. The I mean, she, she's the accessory of the devil. So. Your mother cleans clocks in hell. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Uh, so, on Letterboxd, he gave this The Exorcist a three and a half, and he said this is fine. So. so, three and a half, you called me out on this a while ago. Which is like, you rate things at three and a half that you acknowledge are objectively good, but you also hate. Not hate. Or but, dislike. Well, not hate, not dislike, but I wouldn't think to revisit. Like, I, I, not, I, I acknowledge, acknowledge Yeah, I acknowledge this face in this place in fucking <laughs> cinema history. <laughs> That's really all I got for you. Also, did I hallucinate that she climbs backwards down the stairs? Is that in, like, the second one? No, so there are two versions. There's a theatrical version, which is streaming on Max, and there's an extended director's cut, and in the extended director's cut, she does the spider walk down the stairs. Okay. And that, and that is not on Max, which, fuck Max. <laughs> but, well, I mean, uh, I feel like we should see it, since we're talking about it in the context of the Oscars, in the context of what they saw, right? Touche. In the, the extended cut, there's like 10 minutes more of footage. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that. There's like a couple of other scenes with the, with the younger priest. It's like a lot of like exposition setting up shit. So, yeah, but then they cut out the amazing spider walk, which should have made the final cut. Uh, apparently they they chose not to do it because it looked like shit. They could not successfully get the wires out of the way. Oh, OK. Well, so it was pretty clear that she was like on a wire being dragged up and down the stairs, okay. which wasn't not what good. you want. So but... I guess that makes sense. But speaking of kind of the accolades that the movie got, it was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, William Freakin did get nominated for Best Director, R.I.P. to the Goat. Ellen Burst did get nominated for Best Actress. 
And Linda Blair did get nominated for Best Supporting um, Actress. I'm kind of surprised Ellen Burstyn got a nom for that. Well, I adore her as an actor. So I don't know if that's coloring my viewing of her performance. I in just this. felt like it was. I mean, she was Jesus' a, mag. She she, was, she spends the like back half of the movie not in it. Like they lock her at the bottom of the stairs. And at one point she's like, is it over? And like, that's the extent of her contribution towards the end. Basically. You're not wrong about that at all. <laughs> so, I mean, she spends most of this movie just looking for longing and trying to get like a priest to save his daughter's soul. Like that's. But also, like, it. I feel like the whole first half of the movie could be shortened by half. There's a lot of setup. <laughs> and and I, what I want to see is I want to see more of their relationship if this is what it's going to focus on. Or there needed to be something. Because, like, for the longest time, I was like, is that her nanny or her sister? Is that her nanny or her sister? Is that her nanny or her sister? Oh, well, she's not moving with them, so I guess it's her fucking nanny. You know, the funny thing is, watching this after Psycho, or if you're watching this while thinking about Psycho, Psycho does what you're talking about. It fully sets up who our protagonist is. This one, you don't get that at all. Like, you see, she's on set, she's an actress, and that's basically it. Yeah. The young priest, Damien. The hot priest, yeah. He got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he's basically, like, the lead in this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, was that because they wanted to try to get him in a category they think he's more likely to win? Like, why was that the choice? So, Best Actor this year was Jack Lemmon, Brando, Nicholas Pacino, and Redford, so... Yes. So the absolute answer is yes. You know, he, he's not going to beat any of those guys. So. Yeah, I just, it was, it was <laughs> fine. I don't. <laughs> well, you know, so I guess. <laughs> it didn't blow me away. It was nice to see Danhausen. Uh... <laughs> Danhausen made a special guest appearance. So. Which, by the way, did you know in the second movie we find out that demon is called Pazuzu? Which, like. Yes. Yes. What a what a dick punch of a name. <laughs> like Oh you know the, man. Oh man. Uh, oh god, it's a demon. It's a demon. It's Puppy Bunny. No! Like what is that? I forgot they didn't actually name it Puzuzu in this movie. I don't because they, they knew it movie. sounded silly, Marcus. <laughs> they just wanted you to have a 12-year-old to tell someone to fuck them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Up your ass, fresh boy. Oh, my God. So, I gave, I gave this five stars, and I wrote, Freaking is a fucking beast. I I love... I, I, <laughs> I, well, one, I love that cat. I love that you're not a slave to any bullshit. I love that you're just going to watch something and you're going to take it on its own merit. <laughs> but for me, like, I don't know. I I, I know why I like it. I, I like the build that that freaking does. Even though <laughs> the mom isn't really a mom she's just a nag she's a, na- a devil she's a nag of the devil <laughs> she, she's not even she's she's a fucking prop like 
I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the movie stars the devil and Father Damien. Like, that's that's who the movie stars. Yeah, but even, like, I don't know. I could have used a little more from him also, because he just seemed lightly unhappy. Like, Well, I, in, the, in the syndicate, he's more unhappy. You see him way more depressed. But also, like, I... I, what, like, why why did they send him to psychiatry school? I want to know that, please. There's it's, so much other stuff that I was, like, looking at that I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, this is a throwaway line that sounds like it could be its own fucking movie. Why are we focusing on what we're focusing on when there's a better movie happening, like, two feet that way? Cat, I think you want like The Exorcist the miniseries. <laughs> I mean, I have felt this way often about things that are made from long books. Yeah. You have to be smart about what you include. Yes. Or what you change. Yes. And I just don't necessarily feel that this movie used its time entirely wisely. They're big lulls. I can fully admit they're definite lulls. Until you get to the exorcism, which everyone's Well, yeah, but even then, like, for. he falls out the window and everything stops for, like, a full seven minutes. <laughs> uh, he killed the devil. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. The devil's dead, kid. Well, right, but then it's like, we just watch the mom pack the car. <laughs> I mean, by the way, this kid got away with murder and <laughs> she just gets you to walk away. twice. She kills two people if you count Father Damien, three if you count the other priest. Oh, hey. I, I don't know if DC cops can pin three murders on a 12-year-old. So. Well, everyone who knew it was the devil is dead now, so... Touche. Except for the mom, which I think she... Uh, she's, she's not. She doesn't have a fucking badge. Like, they're not listening... <laughs> She can't whip out her, like, I'm into Jesus now badge and have them believe her. Like, that kid's going to fucking jail. That's why they're moving. They're on the run. (laughs) They have to get out of the District of Columbia with their rules on capital murder. (laughs) Yeah, that child has blood on her hands that is never going to go away. She absolutely does. She comes back in the second one. I can't believe I watched Exorcist 2. Fucking, fucking Ellen Burstyn comes back in Believer. And I, she did you hear the reason that she says she can't she couldn't be in the room? No. No. She's like, I couldn't be there for the exorcism of my own daughter because sexism. Oh well one. Maybe not I, wrong, I, I but that's wild I, to say in a movie. I also think it's because she didn't have a personal relationship with either of the people in the room. You know her mom would have been like, no, stop, you're hurting her. Yeah. Even if it was they the only li- way that would fix it. He literally and a dad scraps would be with the, her. A dad would be the same way, by the way. Yeah, no, he does punch the devil out of her. <laughs> like, he does he does beat the shit out of a child, and that is portrayed as like a nice, positive <laughs> thing to do. <sighs> Desperate times do in fact call for the desperate measure of jumping on a mid-pubescent teen girl, beating the ever-loving snot out of her, while like pinning her down with your legs in a way that does look a little suggestive, uh, 
And then smelling her hair so hard, the devil comes out of her and then jumping out a window. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> did he even need to jump out the window? I don't think he actually did. It's so funny. <laughs> I don't. I truly don't even know where to, like, start with all of that. I just like that he's like, there are no experts. And they're like, what about all of these experts? And he's like, I guess they can come. <laughs> Oh my god! I just I'm on the scene where she's but also, like, like where where did she catch the evil? Because it's kind of implied at the beginning that 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 guy brought it back in his fucking suitcase or whatever. But he didn't. They didn't meet each. Did did she sneeze? Like, and the devil was just like my opening. Like, what happened? <laughs> so the beginning I think is him signifying that he knows the devil is coming, so he has to get to Washington D.C. to fight the devil. <laughs> He should probably also have gotten a fucking flu shot or something. Jesus. Uh, he need to get immunized. Absolutely. Have a, have a vitamin B12 shot or something, dude. Like, <laughs> you look like shit. Oh, no. He he absolutely does. He looks he looks ghost white. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I thought he was dead. Full disclosure. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're going to find out he's, like, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit who's coaching this guy through giving this exorcism, maybe it's the manifestation of his dead father, like, whatever, right? But, like, there's going to be some sort of symbolism here, right? Oh, no, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. He's just, a, he's just a tall white man cat. That's all he is. <laughs> a tall, ghostly white man. That's I feel like the entire plot of this movie is just, oh, my God, he's a guy. Like, <laughs> every... <sighs> Every guy in this movie is just a guy, and the devil is just a guy. Like, it's... Dudes being bros, cat. Well, it's like, how do 12-year-old boys talk to people that they want to leave alone, to be left alone by? They make a bunch of gay (laughs) jokes at them, and they make a lot of your mama jokes at them. Basically. That's really what the devil had in his fucking arsenal? Hey, the devil's not that smart. he, He has... Your mama jokes and like <laughs> up your ass, old man. <laughs> if you just say, well, he told he told uh, Ellen Burst to eat me. So <laughs> yeah, well, repeatedly thrusting into her Ooh, face. This movie's a lot. I love freaking so much. RP. This movie's great. <laughs> I'm really glad you had a, such a good time. I don't know what I've entertained more. This movie or your reaction to the movie. So I did mention to my parents that we were watching this for the podcast. And it makes me laugh because my mom was like, I remember seeing that when it came out. And I remember being very impressed with it. I really liked the book as well. I've since revisited it. Long pause. I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. But. And I was like, oh, damn. There it is. Does your dad like this movie? He's never seen it. Okay. Well, is he missing much? No. He would have hated this. <laughs> like, uh, I, in my mind, I'm just hearing him sigh and open up his, like, daily puzzle app like he did during Streets of Fire. Yeah. And just kind of play his little puzzles and occasionally, like, look up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of just talking and looking and looking depressed and then five minutes of 
devil fucking well there's also a lot of vomiting and profanity which are two things that my dad absolutely hates (laughs) yeah i know big pete (laughs) i know big pete i feel you big dog but (laughs) yeah i'm just uh (sighs) scrolling through friedkin's like i can't believe freaking made jade jade is fucking awful i don't think i've seen many of his movies and the ones I have seen, I don't think I've liked any of them. I will. It's I will, very possible that his style and my style just might not line up. Have you like seen he cruising? might be the problem. Have you seen uh, cruising? Not in a really long time. Ooh, I wonder. I have, Ooh. I have complicated feelings about it. I remember having complicated feelings about it while watching it. Ooh, I don't. I love cruising. Cruising is good, but ooh. I do wonder how you is, is now a good time to remind the audience that you are straight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is so, that was so funny. Well, cruising is funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my god. That may have to be on the docket. I don't know. I, but I don't know if you would like cruising, though. I, I can see why you would have complicated feelings about cruising. Do we make our best episodes if I just like things? I ask you. Um, well, Dune, Dune Part 1. So that's that's an example of that. But That's true. But, um, and you know, the funny thing is, like, when you kind of talk about directors and maybe just the style just isn't yours. A movie that I just watched freaking that I absolutely love that I don't think he would like at all is To Live and Die in L.A. That is a sheer bro movie. That's a bro cop movie. I know you wouldn't like it. Like We have French Connection on the docket. That movie is actually a bro cop movie also. And I don't know if I'm going to keep that actually on the docket. So, you know, some people you just don't vibe with. And that's that's OK. But. <laughs> I think maybe there's a I part agree. maybe there's a part of me deep down beneath the thoughtfulness and beneath the understanding that there's just a bro that just loves bro shit from time to time. <laughs> it freaking is that directly. It really does seem like it. It does. But Jade though, Jade is fucking awful. That was a waste of that was a waste of time. He wasted Linda Fiorentina. Like, ugh. Ugh, that movie sucks so bad. I do want to see Sorcerer, though. I heard Sorcerer is really good, though. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Kat at Ketchinetti on X, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V, on X and Letterboxd. Follow the show at Cat and Mark on X. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This, this is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?